I hope you enjoyed the choir. I feel very privileged to sing and then come up here and try to sing too, but I thought about coming up here and singing you guys a song, but all of a sudden you put me out of the church. But um, praise God for the ministry of the choir. Let's open up our word to 1 Corinthians or 1 Thessalonians chapter, let's just go to chapter 4. And I just pray that the Lord will bless us this morning with a, a very encouraging word. If you go to First Thessalonians chapter four, and we're going to it was a lot of verses I was going to read, but because of time, I think we're just going to start with verse fifteen. Let's pray first. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you came down from your glory, Lord. You came down from heaven. You came down from paradise, Lord, because of one reason, because of love. Because you loved us and you wanted to redeem sinners, Lord, that were destined for hell living lives of hopelessness. And, Lord, we pray this this morning, this early afternoon, Lord, that you would encourage us with a word from your, your scriptures, Lord, that you would build us up, that you would lead us to the well, Lord, that you would take us to where you want us to go, Lord, and that we would be blessed and encouraged and changed this morning. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I have different Bibles. I have so many Bibles, I don't know what to do. And uh, during the memory class, I, we do King James, New King James. Um, we do the NIV as well as the NASB. So, I mean, there's so many different versions. But I want to read, this is an incredible portion of scriptures that each of us should be blessed with this morning. Starting in verse 15, it says, For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, shall not precede those who have, who, who, excuse me, we shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the archangel's call. And with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise, rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall always be with our Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And, you know. That's an incredible scripture. And I know as believers, there's a tendency 
to read those scriptures and, and actually talk about the Lord's return. And we can. We can talk about his return. But I was reading a writer that said about that section, he says, the meeting here mentioned is to be the greatest meeting the Bible tells us anything about. And read it again. He says, this meeting here mentioned, this meeting, meeting of believers who have fallen asleep and believers who are here alive today will be caught up in the air and meet the Lord in the air. And he we will always be with him. If we don't kind of contemplate that meeting, then we need to just take some time to just listen to the scriptures. And maybe at the end you can say, I want to contemplate that. I want to be part of that gathering, that meeting, because if you're not contemplating it now and you're not blessed and encouraged by it right now, then you can be. And thank God that the invitation still stands until he returns. So, again, I'm going to read it. The meeting here mentioned is to be the greatest meeting the Bible tells us anything about. Think about the other meetings that are in Scripture. There's been unbelievable meetings in Scripture. The wonderful meeting of Moses and God at the what? The burning bush. Was that a meeting? He said, Moses, take off your sandals. You're what? You're on holy ground meeting God and man meeting. My God, what a great meeting. And then you have another meeting, the children of Israel at the shore of the Red Sea. Pharaoh's chasing them. They're running from slavery. They're led by a man who was called by God. They're trusting God, but then get weak. They trust God and then they get weak again. And now they're at the Red Sea and the enemy's coming. And God tells Moses, just put out your staff and the Red Sea parts. The meeting. Look at that meeting. The Egyptians, the Israelites. An incredible meeting. We should be encouraged by that meeting. God parted the Red Sea to save them. Great meeting. Great blessing. And then another one. The Sermon on the Mount. Is that a great meeting or what? Jesus is preaching the word. And we can go on and on. And there's been great preachers who've come in the last couple hundred years. Just think about the preachers who've come to earth, who've been so faithful we have one here. Amen to him. Amen to loyal servant Sylvia. Amen to you. Look at the meetings that they've had where lives have been changed. Those are great meetings. But look at this meeting. This meeting is where God comes to earth and takes his children to be with him. And we will never, ever, ever return. Now, if we go to 1 Corinthians, because I think it's very important to understand what that meeting is. There's going to be a meeting. We're going to be what? Rescued from this life that we have here. We're going to be changed, though. Changed. This body that we're in right now. Guess what? It's not fit for heaven. It's not fit for heaven. And guess what? God says, you don't have to take it to heaven. It's not fit for heaven. 
I'm going to give you a new body. And if you go to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 13, it says, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. If Christ wasn't raised from the dead. And then you go down to verse 17. It says, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. The ones that have died in Christ are lost. Are they lost? Verse 20. But, but, but God, but. I love the word but in the scriptures. It says, but you were going astray, but God came, but. I have news for you, but I died for your sins, but there's hope. The but here, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. What man? Jesus Christ. And then if we go further, just keep skipping with me. Verse 40. And this is the one that's talking about us. We will be changed. See, I want to read these scriptures because I don't want us to leave here not understanding that that glorious day is coming and we will be changed. We should leave here incredibly hopeful, incredibly encouraged, because this is true. We will be changed. Christ died and he was resurrected. And he's going to resurrect us, those that have died and those that are still here. We might be the ones that are still here when he comes and we'll meet in heaven. Now, verse 40 says there also there are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. There are heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. We're in the earthly body says there's heavenly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another The splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind. We can't relate to that, can we? But I want you to leave here. I want to leave here knowing that that's in my future. That's coming. You know, I was driving to work today. I mean, to church today. And, you know, I'm looking out and it's raining as I get close to the church. And I see clouds just in this section. But further along, you know what I saw? I saw sun. I saw blue skies. And you know what that is? That's what we see ahead of us. If we keep this in mind, we can have the cloud over us right now and it can be raining and pouring and lightning. But if we look ahead of us, there's a dawn. There's a light. There's a life. Ahead of us that if we see it, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we can glory in that, that this isn't it. This earthly body, we're leaving it here. He's going to say, you're done. This body is no, it's not fit for heaven. It doesn't work in heaven. The feet don't work in heaven. The arms don't work in heaven. Not the way they are now. There's too much sin intertwined in us. There will be no sin in heaven. And we will have different bodies. Now, verse 42, it says, So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable is perishable. 
that is raised, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor and it is raised in glory. It is sown in dishonor, dishonor, dishonor. But it's raised in glory. Glorified bodies, glory. And that's right around the corner. When I start contemplating this message, I was changed. I changed. I'm telling you, I changed. I looked at my situation and I said, how can I even deal with my situation the way it is presently when I know this is what's happening around the corner? And it's happening around the corner. This is not some wish. This is what's going to happen. This is a promise from God. He also says it is sown in a natural body and is raised in a spiritual body. And then verse 47 says the first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man from heaven. Heaven. That's us. If we know him today. That's us. Further down, 49, and just as we have borne the likeness of earthly men, listen to this, everybody listen, and just as we have borne the likeness of earthly men, right now we're all alike. There's a likeness about us. We're earthly men and women. So shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. We will be like him. It says we will bear the likeness. This is the word of God, everybody. It's not something I'm reading. I'm not coming up with my rendition and my uh, thoughts about what the Bible says. I'm reading it straight from the scriptures. This is what's going to happen to us. Keeps going. I mean, we can go on and on and on. But let's just read a couple more verses. And then verse 51 says, listen, I tell you a mystery. You want to hear the mystery? I'm going to tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. We will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Changed. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's what it's all about. Now, I wanted to read that because I want you to understand. We don't have uh, a lot of time, but I want you to understand that this is something when we talk about the Lord returning, we have to take it in perspective. We have to really understand and look at that. One writer says, but no meeting has ever been held anywhere or any time could begin to compare importance in importance with the greatest of all meetings that is to be held in the air when our Lord comes to take us home. There is no meeting like this meeting ever. Nothing can compare with it. We got to see it. We got to visualize it. The Lord gives us the words here. He says, I'm going to take the dead in Christ will rise first. Do we believe that today? The dead in Christ will rise first and then we will Rise along to, with each. We'll meet together in the heavens. We'll meet together and we will be with the Lord forever. So all of a sudden we're going to be flying. 
Is that what the word of God says? Do you believe it? I mean, do you believe it? Do you believe you're going to be flying? Because if you don't believe you're going to be flying today, I want you to take time to read the scriptures and come and go to Ado Sylvia or somebody in this church and you have them explain it to you what that means. Because it says we'll be caught up together to meet the Lord in the heavens. In the air. It doesn't say down here. He's descending and he's bringing us up to be. And how are we going to get there? We're not going to be in planes. These bodies are going to change and they'll be able to meet the Lord in the in heavens, in the air. Another quote I have, it says it was for this. Jesus suffered on the cross. Listen to this. This is the culmination of all that's transpired since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. This is where it ends for us. And the new beginning that we have after that. But this is where everything culminates. It says it was for this reason that Jesus suffered on the cross to make atonement for sin. It was for this he arose from the dead and ascended into heaven where he took his place at the right hand of the father. This, it was for this reason. For what? So that he could take us to be with him in heaven, in paradise. Do you know that that is our destiny? That that's written into our, our cards? That that's a promise. And if that promise, like Sonia, was taking pictures a while back and she had a backdrop. And that backdrop really created something that was nice. That's the backdrop. That's our backdrop. No matter what our circumstance is, put that in the backdrop of it and understand that right behind us. What's happening is that we're, our destiny is heaven. That's the backdrop of our lives as Christians. Heaven. Heaven bound. We will be with the Savior forever. And there will be no sin in heaven. No pain. And a few other things, but I'm not going to read them. I'm not going to read them. I want you to go somewhere else. I want us to think about something. I want you to really think about something. Because one of the things in this verse, in this section of verses that touched me, is it says that Jesus himself will come. If you look at it, it says that he him, the Lord himself will come. He's not sending anybody to get us. He's not sending the second in command. The Lord himself, the one that came as a babe that everybody's talking about now as a baby that walked this earth, that was persecuted, that died on the cross, that everybody spit in his, they spit in his face. They nailed him to a cross. That one. The one that died for me and you. Himself is coming back to get us. To take us to be with him. If we can't see that, I want you to take some time to think about that. Because you need to see it. We need to see the fact that Jesus is going to come. And he's going to take us home to be with him. And it is going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, When Jesus comes himself, what is he going to find when he comes to earth? You ever thought about that? What's he going to find? We can read all kind of newspaper. I just quoted a couple things from the newspaper. Uh, uh, Major League Baseball will will penalize for steroid use. That's what he'll find. Baseball players being penalized because they're shooting up stuff. He'll find mutual fund scandal takes toll on kids. 
He'll find that. He'll see that. He'll see same-sex marriage ban lifted. He'll see that. He'll see Russians believe election is fixed. Kidnap girls flee setting off a culture clash. Russian train bomb kills 42. He will see all of that. Flu vaccine is all gone. He'll see all of it. The news of Earth. What is he going to find when he gets here? The news of Earth. He can find some movies, too, and he'll probably get a little chuckle from them. Bad Santa. Bad Santa. That's what we're into. Another one is Honey. It's called Honey. Her dreams, her terms. That's what it says about it. Her dreams, her terms. She gets to do it her way. And that's what Earth has been doing for thousands of years. We've been doing it our way. God knows that. He's going to come to an earth that's doing it our way. Another one says that um, the haunted mansion. You know what it says about that? You know, haunted mansion. But guess what the caption is? Getting into the holiday spirit. If that doesn't shake you, that's what Jesus will find. That's the condition of earth. Get into the holiday spirit, the haunted mansion. Where is there a connection there except hell and sin, damnation and evil? Where is there a connection? The holiday spirit? What will he find in the world? Will he find love? Will he find peace on earth? Will he find goodwill among men? Will he find love for God? Will he find joy, happiness, kindness? Will he find happy marriages, faithful marriages? Will he find people looking for a savior or will they be looking for Santa Claus? I think more people are looking for Santa Claus in this world right now than they're looking for the savior. Anticipating is he going to come through the clouds? Santa Claus. He's not coming to town. Jesus is coming to town. Santa Claus is not coming to town. Jesus is coming to town. Isn't that great? He can't fool us. There's no Santa Claus, but there's Christ. What will he find? You know what he'll find? He'll find wars and rumors of wars. He'll find poverty across the globe and out of control. He'll find broken families, broken lives, broken dreams. That's what he's going to find. He's going to find hatred toward men and God. Big buildings, big houses, big cars, big boats, big planes, big freeways, empty lives, hopeless lives. Everything big, everything seeming to be okay, but no God looks into the heart and he says, okay, there's emptiness. Have everything. Everything is huge and big and out of control. But everybody thinks everything is going really all well. Everything is good. You know, everything is great. But guess what? Empty lives, hopeless lives. That's what he sees because he sees into the heart. He can't be fooled. You know what? I was thinking about invitation, and that's what I think Christ is offering us in these verses. He's offering us an invitation. An invitation to understand and see the reality of what's going on and what's in store for us. It's an invitation. So I want to show you something. I'm going to invite you to see what's going to happen. I'm going to invite you to see what's going to happen at the end of the story. You know, when we read books, it's, isn't it great? Do we ever go to the end of the story? 
There's probably one or two of you in here that does that. That you go to the end of the story and then you go back to the beginning and you start reading. Well, guess what? God says, I'm showing you the end of the story. You get to see the end. You're victors. You won. We're the kings and queens. We won. We already won. We don't even have to think about it. We can just go through this earth smiling. I won. I won. I won. I won. I won. We could look at you like, were you goofy or something? They're goofy, these Christians. We too much you won. Well, I did win. My Savior's coming back, and he's going to take me to be with him, and I'm going to meet him in the air, and I'm going to go and live with him forever. I won. I'm victorious. I have nothing to feel bad about. I'm the man. And you can say you're the woman because we're victorious. We have the victory. He told us about it. We don't have to get to the point and say, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We get to the the end of our life. It's like, okay, you're in a deathbed just saying, well, okay, what's going to happen? All of a sudden, bingo. Oh, oh, I wish I'd have known that. I would have been a little happier if I'd have known I was going to see you, Lord. I'd have been a little bit more at ease. But he doesn't go put you through that. He says, no, he doesn't put me through that. He says, guess what? This is the end of the story. You win. You're going to be with me forever and there's not going to be any sin. And I'm going to come back. And I'm going to come back later and I'm going to judge earth. I'm going to come back later and I'm going to judge it. But right now, I have one job. I'm going to pick you up and take you to be with me. And guess what? They don't even know what's going on because the world won't know. All of a sudden, we'll be disappearing. And the world will say, what is going on? And, you know, you wonder Will there be anybody who thinks they're going and they're not going? Because if you start to see people disappearing and these lives are gone and you're still here, you might want to start thinking about the whole concept of being left behind. But thank God. Thank God. God says the invitation. He gives an invitation. And I love, I love John, I love you too, John, back there. There's a different John, though. It's John the Bible. But going to John 14, where Jesus is talking to the apostles, and he says in in verse 1, John chapter 14, you don't have to go there. I mean, I'll read it real quick. It says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. This is what God is telling the apostles. He's saying, don't worry about it. Don't be troubled. Believe in God. In my Father's house are many rooms, if it were not so what I have told you, that I go to prepare a place for you. And when I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. He didn't say I might come again. He said I will come again. Do you understand, apostles? I will come again. And not just come again, but I will take you to myself that where I am you may be also. He didn't say I'm just going to come again. He said I'm going to take you to be with me. You get to go. And I love this statement. Who was it? Was it Thomas? Yeah, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. And you know what? There's plenty of people that actually can say that sincerely. A sincere person, when they hear the truth, they hear about the fact that they can go to heaven, that there's going to be a meeting. A sincere person can say, well, just like Thomas, what do you mean? Going where? What is this heaven? How do I get there? That's sincere. And somebody in here might be asking that question. How do I get there? Well, Thomas asked that question. It was a great question. And he says, um, how can we know the way? 
Jesus is so loving. Probably looked at him with sparkly eyes, tears maybe in his eyes. He said, I am the way. He said, you, you can follow me. I'm the way. I'm not just the way. I'm the truth. And I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's what he said to him. You want to know the way? Anybody in here wants to know the way today? Guess what? Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And one of the great verses in the scriptures, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, not yesterday, yesterday and today and right now, whoever believes in him, shall not perish, but will have eternal life and meet him in the sky. The invitation, all you have to do is just say, okay, I'll accept the invitation and I'll make my reservation. And then I'll get to get to the destination. The destination is heaven. But you have to accept the invitation. You know, when it's funny, you know, have you ever had this special that hotel special where you can go to a hotel and you get this special deal? It's a new hotel and you get seven days for like ninety nine dollars. And you know what? It's a great deal. Seven, seven, seven days, ninety nine dollars. Like, wow, this is twelve bucks a day. This is great. I like this. And you, you, you don't make a reservation. You just show up. It's kind of like you go there. And it's like, OK, you're at the, the, the desk, front desk. Like, OK, I'm here. I got my, uh, you know, my invitation. He's like, well, what do you mean, sir? Did you make a reservation? Well, no, I didn't make a reservation, but you gave me this invitation, though. I got this invitation in the mail two weeks ago, and, you know, and I'm ready to, you know, I want to stay in the hotel. I'm ready. You gave me the invitation. He said, but, sir, the hotel is full. Um, you have to call in. The directions were you have to call in and make a reservation. And then I would set aside a room for you. But you didn't do that. So I'm sorry, sir, I don't have a room for you. Oh, well, I, I thought I could do it my way. I thought I could come because it looks like this. I want to do it my way, though. He said, but, but no, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I, the instructions were really clear. The instructions were clear. If you want to get to heaven, you have to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. You can't do it your way. You can't say, I want to be good. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's like, no, no, no. The instructions are real clear. You want the reservation. You have to do it the way the invitation reads. And the invitation says that you have to believe on the name of Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Just one thing, just belief. But still, I want to do it my way. Well, I'm sorry, sir. And there will be people who will say, but I did it my way. Lord, can I come? Can I go with you? No, can't. God's way. There's only one way. It's God's way. And there's only one. Just accept the invitation, make the reservation, and then you'll get to go to the destination, which is heaven. Now, we only have a few minutes but I don't want to leave without giving some encouragement to us as the family of God. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior today, today you get to see the invitation and you get to respond today. And it's, on, it's, it's, it's up to you. No one in this room can make you respond. You have to make the call. You have to ask him for forgiveness. Invite him into your heart today. But for the Christian, isn't it great how these verses end? 
where it says encourage or comfort and encourage each other with these words. Comfort and encourage. Don't you love those two words, comfort and encourage? I want to comfort and encourage you because Lord comforted and encouraged me through the reading this. He really did. He comforted and encouraged me. He says, Ron, guess what? You get, you, you're one. You're, you're victorious now. He says, comfort and encourage each other. He wants to comfort us as we go through our difficulties. He wants to comfort us when we have this list that we pass around. He says, I want to comfort you as you pray for these things, as you pray for promotions, as you pray for strength and wisdom, as you pray for biopsies, as you pray for funerals, as you pray for wedding preparation, prostate cancer, as you pray for medical unspoken shoulder operations, unsaved friends, improved health, diabetics. As you pray for those things, as you deal with those things, he says, I want to comfort you. I want you to know that don't worry. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. And not just to comfort us as we go through those things, but he says, I want to encourage you also. What do you mean encourage, Lord? Well, I want to encourage you. I want you to encourage you to walk upright and not shrink back at my coming. I want to encourage you. That scares me, that verse there, shrink back at his coming. Do you want to shrink back? You All of a sudden, you know, he comes to earth and you're in a place that you're not supposed to be. You shrink back. Trust me. If you really know him and you really love him, trust me, you will shrink back. You're in the wrong place at the wrong time, looking at the wrong thing, tasting the wrong thing, eating the wrong thing, involved with the wrong thing in this world, loving this world. And he comes up and he shows up because he said, I'm going to come at a time when you don't expect me, when you don't anticipate me coming. And I'm going to show up right when you're not ready. And guess what? What am I going to find you doing? And that's what he says to Christians. I want to comfort you as you go through the stuff. See, I'm here. Don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. Your destiny is heaven. The marriages that you're dealing with, the problems that you have, every problem, no matter big or little, it, it is minuscule when you have the backdrop of being in heaven with our Savior and having new bodies that have no pain. There is no death in heaven. There is no sin. There is no more devil. There is no more temptation. That's the victory. That victory is already here, right there. But we have to see it. We have to keep it here in the forefront. So everywhere we go, it's in the forefront. So everything filters through it. He says, I want to encourage you to walk upright. I want to encourage you in the verse that is really good is the, um, you don't have to go there. I'm not even going to tell you the verse because you'll, you'll probably try to go there. It says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, everyone who thus hopes. Are you one of the ones that hopes in that? Am I one of the ones that hopes in that? It says, Everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. He said, I'm encouraging you to be pure. I'm encouraging you to walk upright. I'm encouraging you to not sin. I'm encouraging you that when I come, you don't shrink away because you will. There'll be some people shrinking away. There'll also be some people who won't make it. It's a sad thing 
um, there'll be some pastors at some churches around the world that won't make it because they didn't really confess Jesus as their Lord. They didn't really invite him in their heart. They didn't really get saved. You better know today you're saved. And thank God the invitation is still here. He still has an invitation. He says, okay, this is the invitation. But you, we better know. And we, we really ought to, and I encourage it, we ought to think that it could come in the next second, our next breath, my next walk, my next step. What do we think that can't happen then? Are we doubting God? God really convicted me through this message that, Ron, are you thinking about this? Are you really meditating on me coming? Do you understand that I can come at any moment? Do you understand that you're victorious, Ron? That no matter what you're dealing with in your life, that you have victory through me? That the, the, the bottom line is you won. He told me that. He said, you won. He told me through his word. He said, you won. You're victorious. But he says, but walk upright. I'm encouraging you to walk like a man. Walk like a woman of God. And if something's not right and you don't really have a sense of, of how to deal with this issue of, of heaven, I would say that you should take it upon yourself that the Lord is, is maybe doing a little prodding in your heart that you should go to someone today and you should say, okay, I want to make it right. The invitation is right here. It's a piece of paper. And all you have to do is just say, okay, I see the invitation. And the invitation has some rules. And there's only one way I can get to heaven. And that's just by believing in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's all you have to do. But the invitation is still here. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I mean, really, isn't it? Isn't it great the invitation is still here? Isn't it great also that we as believers, really, the truth is that we can guarantee that Jesus is returning. We can guarantee that, that we know that. And that if we live in that knowledge of that and that trust that he's coming, it should transform every step we make, every thought we have, every action we have should be for God, should be for Christ. And good, if we're going the wrong way today, we can turn around and say, okay, I want to go the right way now. Lord, help me to go the right way. And he will. He will. We have to stop. But Ada's going to have to let me read something. This is good. This is good. Sylvia like like this one. It says, when the wedding day finally arrived, all preparations had been made. The bridesmaids' dresses were ready. The flowers were in place. The rehearsal was complete. As the ceremony began, Steve and I walked in first. We stood at the front as the bridesmaids came down the aisle and took their places. The flower girls came next dropping petals as they walked. They were cute as could be, and all eyes were on them. All except Steve's. He hadn't been concerned about the bridesmaids or even the flower girls. He was watching for his bride. He had eyes only for her. The church is Jesus Christ's fiance. He loves her with a sacrificial, unending love. He died to redeem her. And the day is nearing when Christ will return to earth to take his bride unto himself. The joyous marriage supper of the Lamb will follow. 
As part of the church, we are the bride of Christ. He loves us. He has eyes only for us. Do we have eyes only for him? Or are we looking at the flower girls? He's not. He's looking at us. He's not distracted. May we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you only have eyes for us, Lord. And we thank you so much that this is a truth. This is not something that we're talking about, Lord. This is something that is really true. You will return for us. That's good news. That's not even good news. That's great news. That's epic news. That's news that transcends every thought we can ever conceive in our own minds. That we will be with the King of kings and Lord of lords and we will get to touch him and hold him. And he will not be that babe that was in the manger. He will be the victorious King of kings and Lord of lords with all power. And we'll get to hold him. We'll get to touch him. We'll get to sit at his feet forever. And he says to us in this word, Lord, I want to, he says to us that he wants to encourage us and comfort us. I pray that we're comforted and encouraged this afternoon, Lord, with these words. Comforted if no matter what we're going through, Lord, that we know you're with us. We know that we're victorious. We know that we're going to win in the end. And that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And that our destiny is paradise, is heaven. It's right around the corner. And to encourage us to walk upright, to walk faithful, to remove sin from our lives, to be obedient. And Lord, we pray for those today that that invitation, we thank God that you continue to hand out the invitation. We pray for anyone in this room today, they have an opportunity to accept that invitation. To say, Lord, well, I, I think I, I got it. I want to do it your way. I want to do it your way because your way is the only way. If there's anyone in this room today, you have an opportunity to put your hand up and I can just pray for you. If you want to invite him into your hearts today, all you have to do is put your hand up and say in your heart, please pray for me. And then we'll pray. You can invite him into your heart this afternoon. And then you will have a reservation for heaven. Is there anyone this morning that wants to invite him into your heart? It's real simple. Just put your hand up. Or do you want to do it your way? There's only one way. And that's God's way. Don't let Satan distract you and distort the truth. There is only one way, and that's God's way. And you have an opportunity just to put your hand up. That's all you have to do. And in your heart, just want to invite Jesus in there. You have one other chance. I'm going to give you one more chance to put your hand up. Just slip it up. Nobody's looking. All eyes are closed. Is he talking to you? Is he saying, I want to see you? Put your hand up. Well, Heavenly Father, we pray that if there's anyone in here that is even thinking about it, Lord, 
she would just continue to work on their heart. Continue to show them how much you love them. And we pray for them, Lord, that they would invite you into their heart. That they wouldn't take and assume that they have the rest of their lives to do it. You could come at any moment, Lord. And Lord, we want to pray that you come quickly, Lord. Take us from this earth. Take us home. We're ready. We love you and we love your word. and We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.